study than the Holy Bible. It is the only book ever written that teaches us how to live and also answer the problems that we face in life. Many believe that the Bible is a hard book to read, but in fact, it's very easy. One, first requirement to understand is met. Before anyone can understand and comprehend the scriptures, you've got to be saved. Lost man cannot understand the scriptures. You must be born again. What did uh, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, a leader of the Pharisees, a very script religious group of that day that he could not enter heaven unless he was born again. And you're familiar with John 3, 7. Marvel not, I say unto thee, he must be born again. Many people, even in our day, has no concept of what that means. It doesn't mean you join the church. It doesn't mean you be baptized. You take part in anything that is not salvation. The simple simply means that we have to see our lost condition before God, repent of those sins, and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And many people every week go through the process but as Brother Ross Raines used to say about every, he had a one-minute program for years. And I used to tell people that Ross Raines said more in a minute than most preachers do in 30 minutes. But, I mean, I'd, I learned a lot from Ross, Brother Raines. You know, uh, we must be born again. Then we can understand the Scriptures. But you can't understand the scriptures until you're born again. And the reason a lot of churches don't know the scriptures is because the man behind the pulpit is not saved and God never called him to preach. You see, you shouldn't say that. I don't know a lot, but I know if God called you to preach, you'll preach the word. And you may not preach it the way I do. You may not preach it the way Billy Graham did but you're going to preach the word of God if God has saved you and called you to preach. And a man that does not preach the word of God, he's got a job. Nothing more, nothing less. And can we learn something? I learned something in school, you know. I don't know if any of my teachers was saved. So you learn from just being able to to understand the word or hear, hear the word. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, he said, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. And he goes on, and For they are foolish unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They don't have the ability 
when you're lost, you may quote it. You may be able to read it fluently. But the natural man is a lost man. Got nothing to do with his morality. He's lost. And a lost man cannot understand the word of God. There are many that preach it and understand not what they preach. But God said, and I don't know whether you ever follow or read any of R.A. Torrey's books, but his first book on how to study the Bible, he gives several key points that are required, that are required to be an effective student of the Word of God. And we want to look at those points. You must be born again. Now you can quote it, rehearse it, be an influent leader, but you must be born again. You know, the verse there in 1 Corinthians points that out. See, it's combined spiritual things and spiritual words and a person who understands the language of the Holy Spirit but who does not understand a word of Greek, Hebrew, or any other description that the Bible was written from. So it's well demonstrated, it's well demonstrated that uh, many plain men and women who possess no knowledge of the original language in which the Bible was written from, they understand the Word of God. Their understanding of the actual teaching and his death Fullness and beauty far surpass that of many learned professors and theology facilities. There's difference between being taught by the Holy Spirit and taught by a professor at a college. I've got all kind of... Uh, advice from preachers that if I named them, you would know some of them. Brother Vance, you shouldn't be going to a Cincinnati Baptist College. You ought to be going to Lexington Baptist College. It's closer. The teachers are more influent. Uh, God led me to Cincinnati Baptist College. And I took classes at Lexington Baptist College. Brother Roscoe Brown. You remember when he had the bookstore down on the line? I would go down there on my lunch hour. Got to know that old fella. Man, he's talking about knowledge. I just, I mean, just squeeze. I'd ask him questions, and you know, and he told me one day. He said. Do you just go home and read words you don't understand? You come down here on dinner expecting me to help you with it? Absolutely. Now you got it. I mean, to have a man like Roscoe Brown that able to teach you and to explain things to you, man, I was blessed. 
Bless. But the natural man is such can receive the things of God. Second, condition for profitable study is have a love for the Bible. You gotta have a love. I don't know how many of these I've got down in the basement in a box, worn out, pages loose, backs fall off, you know. It's still the precious word of God. And I'll share a little tip with you. It isn't in my notes. I just thought about it. But uh, I read the Bible every morning. And I follow along on the Bible on tape. But I don't just listen to it. I read it as I go. But the man that can pronounce every word is speaking to a man who can't always pronounce any word. But God blesses faithfulness. God blesses faithfulness. So the second condition for profitable study is to have a love for the Bible. A man who eats with the appetite will get far more good out of the meal than a man who eats from a sense of duty. We, but you've got to have a desire. You've got to like, you know. Like down to the conference in Alabama. One day they had, you know, a, a feast. Sunday they had, I really don't know what that was. But, you know, so I probably ate more sweets than I should have. But, you know, I, I don't see how y'all wrap that stuff in a doughy piece of whatever it is. You know, that's not my, you know, I don't like that stuff. I don't know where it is, where it came from, you know. But everybody else liked it. But everybody saved will grow to like the Word of God. If you don't fall in love with the Word of God, you're still dead. Because in this word, there's life. Amen. There's life. You know, in the book of Job, you know, the 23rd chapter around the 12th verse, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What you get from this book is spiritual food. But what you learn from this book, taught by the Holy Spirit, you'll remember. But the natural food you'll soon forget. Necessity, but you won't remember it. It's just a short time. But like in Jeremiah chapter 15, Jeremiah chapter 
15. God talks about it here in the 16th verse. He, you know, he said what? He said, the words were found and I did eat them and they was, the word was as unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart for I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. That word is what used to call me out of darkness. That word, what God used to call me into the ministry. The word causes me to read the word of God and study the word of God. Because the word is active. It's active. So we need to realize how important that word is. Now, be turning to the book of Proverbs, chapter 2. You know, you that know me know that Proverbs is my favorite book in the Old Testament. But the third condition is a willingness to work hard. Solomon has given a graphic picture here in Proverbs, chapter 2 of a Bible student who gets the most profit out of his study. Notice Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. How do you hide the word of God? I believe that you read it and read it until it becomes second nature to you. He said in verse 2, So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Because the principles that you find, especially in the book of Proverbs, but throughout the word of God, there's financial advice, there's marriage advice. It's advice for a man who owns a business, for the guy who worked for the owner. It's all right here in Proverbs. Verse 3 said, Yea, if thou tries after knowledge, and lifteth up thine voice for understanding. You know, most of you all in here have mastered this thing. I know how to turn it on. You know. But it masters me. Because sometimes I wish they never came out with it. But you you learn it because that's part of our life. Sad to say, it's part of life. This is part of everlasting life. I don't know what those people say. I don't know what I will do if I can't take my iPhone to heaven. You ought to be ashamed even thinking that. Why would you need an iPhone in heaven? You'd probably get to know your kids and wife or husband if you throw the one you got away. 
Listen to me now. God said in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3, Yea, if thou cries after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding. Yea, if thou cries after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding. Lord, teach me. Then we see in verse 4, If thou seek of her as silver, search for her as for hid treasures. Then shall thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. See, the problem with our churches, the problem with Christianity altogether, there is no fear of God. We only see God as a God of love that sent his son to die for us. But we need to understand, and preachers need to preach it a little bit more, God saved you for a purpose. And you know the best lesson you can find that out is the two thieves on the cross. What did he do? He acknowledged. It's the simplest plan of salvation in the word of God. He was a changed man. He died and went to glory. The other, he also died, but he's still in hell. And he'll be in hell. But the word of God tells us, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. See, what the gospel does to the sinner, it sets them free. I don't get as excited about politics as some people because... What goes on in the world doesn't affect me as much as what goes on in the spiritual world. Now, see, I'd get, I'd get a little upset. I'd get anxious when I hear preachers who say God has called them to preach and they're having sex changes. I say this without fear. They all that do, do that need to be saved. I don't care what they call themselves. We were created in the image and the likeness of God. Amen. That natural body is capable of anything. Persons have asked me this week. Can you see yourself doing what the world is doing right now without Christ? Yes, I can. And some of you say, well, I don't see how you to say that. Well, you haven't accepted yourself. That body that we tried to, you know, I take medicine in the morning, I take medicine at night, I don't eat this and I eat that. Why? To take care of this body that is my enemy. 
So we take care of our body? Well, sure. But we're going to leave the part of that lives forever? We're not considering where that is? Now, I know what my body is physically. I can only do a percentage of what I used to do. I can only walk a shorter distance than what I used to walk. You name it, I can only do it partial. My body is together this morning as yours, but I'm talking about when you get sick and you know there's certain things. You you go to the doctor, you get the medicine, and in my mind I said, Lord, if you don't use this medicine, it won't help. It won't help. Seeking for for silver and searching for hidden treasures means hard work. And the one who wishes to get not only the silver, but the gold as well out of the Bible must make up his time, set aside his time to dig. Why do we have a job? Well, the main reason, you know, and you get hungry. And you've got to have a house, and you've got to have clothes, and you want to do things. But that inward man, God took on the cross. This old house, it ain't what it used to be. But the inward man is stronger than she's ever been, or he's been. We need to study the word. We need to meditate. I don't know how many people over this last many, many years I've been your pastor said, you know, teach me to meditate. Really? Be quiet and know that I'm God. Clear your mind. He said, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You've got to rest your brain as well as your body. That's spiritual. The reason many people get so little out of Bible reading is simply because they are not willing to think. Intellectual laziness lies at the bottom of a large percent of fruitless Bible reading. Some days I may not read but one verse. Meditate upon that verse until God gives me understanding. What's the use of memorizing the whole Bible so you can say, I memorized the whole Bible? Well, that's a good goal. My brain just won't let me do that now. But we all can take a verse. And I still recommend 
I read a chapter of Proverbs every day. You know, that means that every month I read the book of Proverbs. One chapter at a time. Then I read Psalms 1, Psalms 2. But I keep reading Psalms every day. Proverbs is what you need every day. It's wisdom. It tells you how to be a good husband, good wife, good business person. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. See, it's not only the kids that refuse to study because they think they know everything. Adults are such a bad. Preacher, you think I knew... Do you know how long I've been saved? Yeah, I know how long you said you were saved. Have you grown a little bit? People are constantly trying for new methods of Bible study. But what? many of them want is simple, some method of Bible study where they can get most without much work. The fourth condition is a will wholly surrendered to God. Let's just give you a, a simple Example. We have a family moved in and they got six, seven kids. Like down there at Alabama, a couple come in and they took up the whole front pew. One family. And uh, I went back into the sanctuary after I ate and I heard this person playing the piano. I said, man, these are good. This little boy, I don't know how old he was. I asked him, how many lessons do you have? He said, I never had a lesson. Well, you can't expect kids to, to be still for, you know, all the way through the conference. Well, he must have doped them because other than getting up quietly and going to the bathroom, none of those kids sat right there like this. They may have been asleep. Mostly adults were. So why shouldn't the kids? But they brought him to church. Brought him to church. Didn't let a, a four-wheel bus pick him up. They brought him to church. And then we wonder, why are kids? But God said in John chapter 7 and verse 17, uh, I believe uh, it talks about if any man do his, his will, uh, you know, what he would, would do. So let's look at John chapter 7 and verse 17. John 7 17. 
If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Think about that verse a minute. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. You that's been under sound teaching for years, you ought to know when you turn on the radio, going down the road hearing some preacher and he's reading out of a Bible, you can't even imagine where it came from. We know that. We may not understand all of it, but we know truth. I don't know what version he's reading out of, but I know it's not King James. He's talking about having a Halloween party at church. I know it's not a Baptist church. See, there's certain things that you relate if you know the truth. And that's what Bible study does for you. We must be willing to totally surrender our will to God. A surrender will, will, does, you know, a surrendered will does more to make the Bible an open book than a university education. Have you ever wondered why people have a family Bible sitting on the trophy table? You're probably right. Well, mom had one. Grandpa had one. I guess that's what Christians do. You mean, you got to have a Bible sitting on your coffee table to show somebody when they come in your house that you're a Christian? And I'm not against having a Bible sitting on a coffee table. If you're not going to read it, there's something else you got to dust. So put that baby in a box. Give it to somebody. We must be willing to totally surrender our will to God. A surrender will does more to make the Bible an open book than education does. Fifthly, the fifth condition is very closely related to the fourth. The student of the Bible who would get the greatest profit out of his studies must be obedient to his teaching as soon as he sees them. I don't know about anybody else, but I know that when we was home, if, if mom came out and said, Judy, get in here. She didn't say, when I get ready, because somebody would have to tear her in. I mean, that's just facts. And nobody ever thought about, we're going to turn her in for child abuse. That's part of the reason children are the way they are now. They've never been abused. 
Those kidney stripes across the back, they'd, they'd go well. But see, they were taught at an early age. You don't talk back. You go almost anywhere, and there's a five or six or seven-year-old kid, they boss. People say, well, that's because of, of love. No. That person is going to grow up thinking he gets his or her way all the time, and it won't happen. What God does, you know, at fifth condition, the student of the Bible who, who would get the greatest gift of the studies must be obedient to the teaching. Don't get me wrong on this next statement. Because you memorize the Bible doesn't mean you know it. James, let's turn to the book of James. What God tells us in the Bible, in the word of God, is that if we will listen to the word of God and read the word of God. Now, James chapter 1 and verse 22, I believe. Uh, let's see here. James 1, 22. God said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. You don't know the Bible because you memorize a portion of it. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against memorizing the Bible. That's, that's good. But that don't mean you're saved and it don't mean that you understand what you read because either the mom or dad or the Sunday school teacher put emphasis upon memorization. Nothing wrong with it, but sometimes I've had parents tell me, oh, if you don't think my Johnny's saved, he can quote scripture after scripture. So can the devil. One verse understood One doctrine understood. God said here in James 1, 22, and then 23, he said, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. He didn't learn nothing because all he done is just being a hearer of the word and not a doer. You know, my daughter came into my study about two or three weeks ago and she said, man, if this is not nostalgia, I think what she said. I said, why? I said, you got a typewriter and a Rolodex? Yep. 
She said, nobody uses a typewriter or a Rolodex. I said, are you saying I'm a nobody? Yeah, I still use a typewriter and I still use the Rolodex. Because if you had the system I have over there, you don't have a computer maybe our day, so you've got to be ready to use it when you get it. But that typewriter sits there. That Rolodex don't ever jam, go bad. So it's got to add another number, take out another number. See, but we always think that we're advancing because we memorize some scripture. And I'm for memorizing scripture. But that don't mean you know it. It don't mean that you have eaten the word of God. But when you consume the word of God, as I've talked to men that when we was used to allow to go out on a visitation, talk to somebody and that scripture will come to you. Because if you've got it in your spiritual memory book, the Spirit of God will activate that knowledge when you need it. But if you don't have it stored, you can't get something out of nothing. That's good English, isn't it? Sure it is. Then God said in verse 24, For he beholdeth himself and go of his way, straightway, forgetting what manner a man he was. I used to, to tell my wife, I said, I don't know why you got to look at your hair 14 different times. I mean, it's still there, it's still the same color. But I said, I can't argue with you because that's scriptural. <laughs> you know, we learn a misinterpretation in the, some Sunday school class. And then when the preacher preached, he brings out that same scripture that they misquoted in Sunday school, and they're confused. God said in verse 25, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. What we know, we are to use. Amen? You know what will happen if you don't use it? You'll lose it. Y'all would be surprised. I used to speak French. Most people say, well, you ought to learn some language. You never did learn English. But, you know, you wanted to learn some other language, knowing you'll never use it. I mean, but it's good. It's good. Trump points and we'll let you go. God said in verse 6, you know, the sixth condition is a childlike mind. God reveals the deepest truths to babes. 
No age is needed more than our own age to lay on our heart the word of Jesus. Turn with me to Matthew eleven twenty five. Matthew the eleventh chapter, twenty fifth verse. God said here, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that old gentleman up there in the nursing home that I used to just love to go visit, 101 years old when I was talking to him, and his mind was sharp. Go down Main Street, Broadway, wasn't it? This wasn't here when I was growing up. This here was, I mean, still active. You know why? I believe it's why. Anyway, I asked him, I said, how do you keep remembering? He said, I never did let my mind grow old. Never forgot that. Don't let your mind grow old. And lastly, a child believes the things he is told by his parents. We must be like a child when we come to God knowing that as our Heavenly Father, he wants the very best for us, his children. Now, I'm not against, and if you practice that, that's between you and your child. But I've been in homes where the child comes in, interrupted me and his dad very politely, right? And he said, Dad, could you help me spell this word? He said, Son, don't you remember I told you how to do that? Bring in your computer and says, Types what you think that word is, and spell check will tell you whether you're right or wrong. I said, Man, ain't, ain't that wonderful? I don't think so. I think when a child comes to you and asks you a question, if you're able to answer that question, you are talking to the most important thing in your life outside of your salvation. As we close, the seventh condition of studying the Bible is truly believe that it is the word of God. You know, uh, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, you know, received it not as the word of men, but as the truth of the word of God. I don't know about you. I hope you agree with me on on this. I believe every word of this Bible is God-breathed. And people that said, well, I don't read the Old Testament, I don't study the Old Testament, only thing I can say is shame on you. The gospel is in the Old Testament. Prophecy is in the Old Testament. How to live is in the Old Testament. 
Why did they want to do away with the first three chapters of Genesis? Oh, aren't those three chapters precious? Tells us where this universe came from. God looked at what he'd done and he said, it's, it's good. And when I first read that, surely it's as bad as this world is, somebody would have said, no, it's not. But there wasn't nobody there. Such <laughs> so so God and his creation. And he said, it's good. Well, you know what? He's still saying it's good. Still today in 2023, when I read my old King James, something in me says it's good. And I'll just keep on reading the King James. I'll keep studying the King James. And I'll still believe what it says. And hope that before God takes me home, I understand a little more than I do today. Because that old boy from Alabama, I shouldn't like Alabama, but I, I still do. He's from Alabama, and he was preaching at Brother Paul's church, and, and he was set back, and he picked out, you know, did you know you mispronounced that word? I said, man, I thought of all the words I preached. I thought I had that one. <laughs> you know what you're doing? You're ignore foolish statements. I mean, that's, that's all he had to do was sit back then, had eight or nine preachers, and he just see how many words and misunderstood. I said, man, I'll make your day. But did you understand what I said? Silent leading pianist come. 